She is a used Honda Civic, hates 50% of her dogs, and will never get engaged. Time to mock Raiders.com's Cassie Soto on the press box. Hi, Cassie. How are you? Hey, Cass. I have a huge smile on my face. Did you really get the voice man to do a rejoin yeah. for me? <laughs> There's your imaging, kid. There's your imaging. You guys. That is the <laughs> nicest thing ever. <laughs> Jeez, Jared, we totally Jared, made fun of this, you. How did this backfire on us? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I even called it Raiders.com's Cassie Soda. <laughs> Jeez. Jared, please send that to me. <laughs> okay. Huh. If you guys were hoping to embarrass me, you totally failed. Wow. I'm like blushing. Oh, my God. God, You lost the entire point of this. Okay. Do we need to hang (laughs) up? Sorry. sorry. Wait. Do you want me to restart? What are you guys doing? I absolutely hate that. And you do work for Raiders.com. Please direct all complaints. Why why did the Raiders hire a Saints fan? That's all the internet wants to know, Cassie. Oh, goodness. I don't know. I mean, I lied on my resume, obviously. <laughs> Do you, Did I lie on your that. resume? You're a Raiders fan to get hired by the Raiders? Can you imagine? Probably. I mean, <laughs> the I'm only sure way to get helps, the long right? snapper. These uh, <laughs> these these guys are these guys are way ahead of me. So y'all got to fill me in. Does someone would think you work for the Raiders? Yeah, I've gotten multiple comments. So whenever I post like that, I'm a Saints fan. Um, right. People like just come at me and are like, "How could the Raiders hire somebody who's a Saints fan? This is ridiculous. How can you cover the team if you're a Saints fan?" And I'm just like, "Dude, read my bio, ReviewJournal.com." So Man, yeah, I've gotten yeah. I've gotten into multiple arguments with people thinking I work for Raiders.com. I mean, it's overrated, Cassie. Yeah, you're. B- besides, why would they think that? Because you're not on Zooms calling anyone by nicknames like other media people. <laughs> I know. I so, spelled their names anyway. wrong. <laughs> okay. I spelled nicknames wrong. I thought you spelled. So, yeah, I thought you got Nelly really right. Wait a minute. No, no. I thought you you get you called Nelson Aguilar Nelly on Twitter, which oh, I'm surprised Nelly. Ed hasn't Ed hasn't tried to get you oh, fired. For Nelly. That. But oh. did you? I thought you spelled it right. I did. Oh, you know what I did, and then a Nelson Aguilar fan account was like, "No, you got it right," because I saw. I think I saw Adam Hill put it N E L L I E. Well, don't trust that. Yeah. yeah. There, there was like two or three other people that did, and I was like, ooh, I should probably change that real quick. And since well, there's still no edit button on Twitter for whatever freaking reason. Well, because when you make yeah. mistakes, you have to live with it, deal with it. Why is there a Nelson Aguilar fan account? That's the most confusing part of this story. <laughs> I don't know, but he was on it quick. He's like, no, nah, you were right. Let's see, actually, how many, how many followers does he have? I haven't even created a Jake Bischoff fan account. How the hell is there a Nelson Aguilar one? Really? Who loves Nelson? I mean, I guess my account is a Jake Bischoff yeah. fan account, but it's not yeah, named like Bischoff fan account or whatever the hell it would be. Nelly's uh, fan account at Oakland Towel Raiders. Yeah, that's about it. And at then he's got Oakland cash- Towel? And then he's got Wait. a cash app in the bio. <laughs> Wait. Wait a minute. This is a guy who's been a fan of the Raiders since they were in Oakland, and he's a he's a, got a fan account of the guy they just played last year? This doesn't make That'll any do sense. That'll do it. That'll this doesn't do make it. any sense. He wasn't, I mean, he had a good season, but he wasn't that good that he deserved a fan account. Where's the Darren <laughs> Waller fan account? I'm sure there's probably one. Brutal. All right, oh, we have Wa- an important uh, Yeah, question. for Wally? Sure, for Wally. Um, Wally, Jesus, listen for to Wally, you. Is that uh, his? You know what? Is that his nickname? You know what? You, no. Of course, oh. you just add a Y to all this weirdness. Um, 
I will give you credit for this, though, this week, because I, I find it really hard to do. And people who do this, I really respect. You do a good job during press conferences tweeting out quotes. Like, I can never do that. <laughs> like, you, you, you tweet it as they're talking. Like, I just kind of put on my recorder and, like, stare at it. I can't, I can't tweet as people are talking like you can. So I, I've always thought if, okay. I needed, <laughs> if I ever needed a backup job, like a, a court transcriber would be like a good. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, so, I, I felt I, I felt it was that. very important to give you the correct <laughs> <Yes>. terminology. <laughs> Thank you, Jared. But, yeah, stenographer. So, and, oh, and I, stenographer. I, I, Sorry. And I know you're a columnist and not the beat writer, but isn't it isn't it kind of part of the job to be able to tweet quotes out yeah. while they're happening? Yeah, it is, and I've never grasped it. I mean, I mean, I, like I said, I I've got my little iPod, which is the recorder. I can't do it on the phone because it's not as good as the iPod. And I just push that record button and kind of just watch. And you then I just with an re- iPod. Yes, and then I just retweet Cassie all the time because like, I'm like a yeah, legit I'm- iPod that doesn't take phone calls, like with the wheel. Oh. Absolutely, yeah. Like my one what? I run with, my one—the thing I run with, my iPod with my music on it. Yeah. Is this like a new like iPod Nano you can just clip on your arm? Uh, or are we talking like two thousand eight? No, iPod no, many that I was walking around with. No, no, not the mini. This this I can go in the armband with. It's iPod. Yeah, it's, it's it's like a new. It's got a little circle on it, right, and a plus yeah. button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's what I record off of. Yeah, that oh. predates the mini. Yeah, is that like four? It's like three or four inches thick, right? Uh, it's pretty heavy on the arm when I'm running. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and are you aware that you can record things straight to your phone? I am, but I, I just, I, I, I don't like that. I get no, I don't. I, I, I stay with the iPod, and um, yeah, and I trust Cassie because Cassie. Well, let's be honest. Everyone at the Review Journal does it, but me. So I just retweet everybody. I, <laughs> everyone's retweeting. I, you know, so I just keep he keep hitting retweet on everybody, and then I feel bad if I don't retweet Heidi, but I'm retweeting Cassie and vice versa. So I just oh, retweet everyone, and they're all man. saying the same thing. I will say oh, I have noticed that I, I like when I'm looking at your two like Tyler versus Ed's timeline. All of the stuff Tyler retweets is his own stuff. Oh, <laughs> Everything Ed retweets people. is just like Ben Goats. <laughs> like, yes. like nine retweets of Ben yes. Goats. Yes. It's all like, about yeah. me. It's all about me. Um, Cassie, we have an important question for you. Okay. Uh, there, uh, we, there was a story in the New York Post earlier this week that there will be a space hotel by 2027. Oh, yeah. So what happens first? You get engaged or you stay at this hotel in space? Space hotel. We've, oh man, it's not even fun anymore. Yeah. We've beaten her down. She's just resigned. Wow. En- engaged at the space hotel? Well, would would you be down for that? Is that something you would like, or would it be the attention's not on you because you're in space? Mm, nah, I'd be down for that because I'd probably get even more attention because it'd be like first a proposal in space. I tried to do my best voice with that guy, but I, I yeah, no. <laughs> I really you nailed it, Cassie. You nailed it. Also, who is, is, is that man? Who, Leon? He's, he's Leon. He's, he's the Leon. He's guy. the man. He's Leon. Yeah, he's Leon. Yeah. He's like, great. You just call him and send him over a script, and he's like, yeah, yeah I got this. And it's he great. makes it all fancy. Yeah. Send him an email. Yeah. He sends yeah. back some audio that sounds like that yeah. and unfortunately gets you happy instead of disappointed. Yeah. Great. No, the best is whenever I send him stuff for, like, weird things that I have planned, and I can hear him mumbling in the background, oh, these guys. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Did he do that with mine? 
Uh, he's done it with a couple of things. No, he didn't do it with yours, but he's done it with a couple of things that I'm like, come on, it's it's Jared's dumb questions. Yours is fairly normal. You Honda Civic, what a mess. What's with the deal? I was wondering about that when Tyler sent the rundown last night. What's with the deal you screwing up the show and going 9 instead of 9.30? What's happening? I am interviewing a Thunderbird pilot at 9.30 this morning. Um, they're doing a flyover of the Las, uh, the Las Vegas Motor Speedway on Sunday for the for NASCAR, and so they're making yeah. them available to media today. So I'm uh, going to okay. interview a pilot. Okay, that's a good why, I haven't done that before. Why is, why is yeah. Raiders.com talking to the... Yeah, why is Raiders.com? Derek Carr's the Grand Marshal. <laughs> yes, yes. You know what? I tried to connect it also, but they're like 80,000 feet up in the air, and <laughs> so they're not really going to, you know, cross paths. So I don't oh. know. I don't know. The well, boss asked me to do it, Ed, and I said, okay, sure. I'm sure there's somebody else more qualified to talk to a pilot, but I got this. Oh, oh good for you. I didn't know that. Good for you. You're mm-hmm. the only one that is qualified. Uh, <laughs> you gonna, are you uh, going to be out at NASCAR? No. Mm-mm. Uh, okay. No. She's interviewing the are pilot, you? Ed. Once the flyover happens, she's done. Yeah. I'm I'll done. be out I'm there. Out of there. <laughs> I'll be out there based on my reaction to the vaccine. If my, oh, right. if my reaction's you're, bad, I don't know. Are you getting it this week? Uh, when are you going? Full, full disclosure today. <laughs> what the hell? What, is, what, the, what, what was that? What, what does that mean? I, think she... <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's soon to be like, hey, I'm going to go do stuff. Dad got it. Dad got it. And he was like, hey, it's my oh. birthday. Let's go out. And then he, we couldn't because he had the second dose. And I guess you the second dose kicked your butt a lot more. Yeah. He got the second dose oh. on his birthday. Brutal timing. Yeah. Oh, thanks a lot for that preview. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> he's also a weenie, and when he stubs his toe, it's like the end of the world. Uh, Cassie, what are you more excited for? That Ed is getting uh, his first shot of the vaccine, or that Mike Mayock said he uh, used crafty wording and was a wordsmith? How good was that? You could see Mike Mayock processing, like, is this guy really asking me what I think he's asking me? <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Crafty, crafty, crafty wordsmanship. I can't even say it. That's crafty <laughs> wording right there. I give you credit. Yes. There it oh, is. Man. There it is. Oh, he's very excited. excited about that. Crafty yeah. wording. We haven't even played out, your right, question. That happened to it. Huh? I said I tweeted that out, right? <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. You were tweeting that out right away. So good for you. I retweeted you, I think. I think. Well, yeah, she complimented you. Well, she tweeted yeah, a compliment right. from Mike Mayock of you. So, oh, um, right. you guys. But see, Ed, what you got to do is you got to claim that yourself. And you got to say, Mike Mayock <laughs> called me crafty today. He no, called me a wordsmith. Yeah, you take it to your boss and say, look at this. Mike Mayock. Yes, uh, exactly. Mike Mayock told me I'm crafty. That's stay, in the, do stay in the background and retweet others. That's the motto. <laughs> mostly, mostly because I just, I don't know how you do it, Cassie. And you don't, you don't even misspell many words, which is, I think, is really impressive. Oh, you know what? I really, happy. I'm just on my computer and I'm just so honed in. I just like start typing and then I do do, I do have some typos, but I go back and I can remember like three or four sentences back and I can be like, oh, this was this word, this was this word, tweet and is, hope I get it right. That is pretty impressive because I yeah. can't yeah. do that either. If I, if I make a typo, it's over. It's already out of my brain and somewhere else. Ah. I make a lot of typos the iPod. too. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. We've got a gas shortage of 1979 yes, and an iPod yes, reference iPod, in the last yes. 20 minutes of oh, this show. Man. How about, how, what was that other typing machine that you had with the flip, flipped open? 
Oh, uh, the Tandy Shack when um, John Canzano. <laughs> this is how, this, seriously, this is how you knew you made it in newspapers when you first got in the business. They gave you Tandy Shacks that had no flip screen, right? It was just, uh, it was just like, you know, solid and it was just straight. So um, you do that for a few years with the couplers and the phone. And once they said, hey, we need to see you, it was one or two things. You're either getting fired or you're getting one with a flip screen. <laughs> And thank God I got one with a flip screen. So once you got the Tandy Shack with a flip screen, you knew you'd be in the business for the rest of your career. There you go. Absolutely. Good job. And Ed. here he is with an iPod 20 years yes. later. <laughs> yes. And crafty yes. wordsmanship. Yes. And yes. shocked that go. other people can tweet out quotes at the same time. <laughs> Thanks, Cassie. We appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks Cassie. See oh, Cassie's how happy, how happy was she with that image? Uh, it's so oh. confusing. <laughs> Literally, I call her a Honda Civic, a used Honda Civic. Yes. <laughs> I say that she hates 50% of her dogs. She's never getting engaged. And then I say that she works at a place that she most certainly does not work. <laughs> and she's like, thanks, guys. <laughs> I think she's like me and just likes to hear her name be called out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's probably it. <laughs> and so as soon as she heard Cassie Soto, the rest of it, just she didn't even ah, pick up on it. She didn't it was just, care about ooh. the rest of it. So the voice guy said my name. I must be important. <laughs> All right, coming up next, Bischoff's briefs. We're, we're making lineup changes for the Golden Knights because it's time to bench the fourth line. Bischoff's briefs. Math is the real world, okay? It's everywhere. Bischoff's briefs. There is nothing about this I understand. Bischoff's Briefs. So I guess my biggest problem is I've been cursed with the ability to do the math. Bischoff's Briefs. The Golden Knights are dominating the Honda West Division. They are the best used Honda Civic of the division. Uh, But that doesn't mean they can't get better. Because what is interesting this year is the Golden Knights' fourth line has probably been the worst it has been in the existence of this franchise. If we go back to uh, Wednesday's game uh, against Minnesota, the fourth line expected goals percentage was 26%. Uh, Not very good. And on the entire season, the four players that have the worst expected goals rate are Ryan Reeves, William Carrier, Tomas Nosek, and Keegan Kolasar. Granted, Kolasar has played a little bit on the third line and also a little bit as the 13th forward whenever they were doing five defensemen. Um, but they've all, they're all they're the worst four on the team, and they're all below 45% right now. And to give you a comparison here, since Ryan Reeves has been with the Golden Knights, he has never had a season where his expected goals was under 53%. So almost every time in the past when Ryan Reeves is on the ice, yeah, they're not creating a lot of chances or a lot of shots, but they're generally creating more chances and more shots than their opponent, right? You're not getting a lot of goals, but you're not giving anything up. This year, they are. And again, they're under 45% in expected goals. They are allowing the most shots and the most high danger chances of any line when you adjust on a per minute played basis. So in the past, you throw the fourth line out on the ice and they were they were trustworthy, right? There might be a few bad plays, but... Over the course of a season, you could trust the fourth line to go out there, hit some people, not give up a goal, and in all honesty, just kill some time while the top three lines rest, while the top three lines are making them better for the end of the game because they haven't had to play as much. 
you can't really do that anymore because they're not trustworthy so far this season. And it's it's been pretty much the entire year now, and I think it's safe to say we're hitting the 20-game mark for most teams. It's safe to say we're getting a big enough sample size to say this is the trend. This is no longer like, oh, it's only been a few games, so give them some time. This has been the trend all season. Like, when they put the fourth line out there, they're getting beat more often than not. And so... What I'm curious is if Pete DeBoer would actually change the fourth line. Because when he shook up his lines against the Colorado Avalanche, he changed everything except the fourth line. Ryan Reeves and William Carrier were still there. The only difference in fourth line this year has been, oh, Tomas Nosek was out because he was in COVID protocol and they had to find a new center. That's the only time. He has changed that fourth line. So I'm very fascinated to see if DeBoer, what it would take for him to actually change that fourth line. Because right now, or at least the last two games, Nick Waugh's been a healthy scratch. And I feel pretty confident saying Nick Waugh's better than Tomas Nosek, Keegan Kolasar, Ryan Reeves, and William Carrier. I think they're scratching Nick Waugh for four guys that are better or worse than Nick Waugh, I should say. So I am fascinated to see, would he actually bench or at least change up the fourth line? Would he take Ryan Reeves out of it? Would he take William Carrier out of it? Would he change whoever needs to be the center between them? Because they haven't been good. And this team is awesome this year. It's pretty much the only issue they have, aside from Robin Leonard not being back right now. So that if you're looking to change things, that's the one thing they should be trying to change. But I kind of think they won't do it. I kind of think they won't take Ryan Reeves out of the lineup. Let me tell you something. As you go through the briefs. I don't know much, but I know this. Reeves isn't coming out against San Jose. So <laughs> he might come out Monday night against Minnesota. But I'd love for them to tell him against Evander Kane, yeah, we're going to sit you tonight, and we're sitting you back-to-back. So he has at least two more games to do something before they say, Monday night in Minnesota, it's probably time for you to sit down now. Listen, all you tell him <laughs> is Keegan Colasar actually broke a guy's face when he got in a well, fight with him. You haven't done that. So <laughs> Keegan Colasar's fighting Evander Kane tonight. Yeah. Sorry. Reeves would want to outdo Keegan Colasar. Reeves would, uh, he's taking <laughs> runs of guys just to prove Keegan Colasar isn't the toughest guy on the team. Now, what is the other part of this that's fascinating to me is that we have seen since Pete DeBoer took over, there's been basically no loyalty, right? DeBoer took over right, and right. Derek Engelin out of the lineup, right? Derek right. Engelin basically didn't play from the minute right. Pete DeBoer became the head coach. Pete DeBoer becomes the head coach. Cody Eakin is traded away, right? If you looked at the Gerard Gallant era, those were the two worst players. There was yeah. almost nothing you could say to justify playing those two players, except uh, Derek England's got experience and the fans like him because he lived here before the team was here. Like, but hockey-wise, there was nothing you could say about those two players and why they were in the lineup. Gallant was loyal to them. When DeBoer yes. took over, he said, I, I don't care about that. You're not as good as the other guys we have. And then on right. top of that... They trade for Robin Leonard when Marc-Andre Fleury isn't playing good. So when even the most popular players on this team are underperforming, since Pete DeBoer's been here, they replace him. They take him out of the lineup. They trade for a replacement. They send him off to Winnipeg. Like, But for some reason, Ryan Reeves hasn't been any good this season, and he's still in the lineup every night. He's still out there. And it's I, and again, I, I don't think there's any chance that Pete DeBoer would actually take him out of the lineup anytime soon. Well... On, yeah, and on the popular side of thing, I, and I know he's a very popular player, but I mean, maybe he is because of the fighting. I'm trying to think. I mean, take Cody Eakin out of. I don't know. I don't know. He wasn't popular at all. But I'm trying to think <laughs> who who's more who is more popular, England or Ryan Reeves? 
I think Ryan Reeves. Really? I do think it is Ryan Reeves. Yeah, I thought because England made the speech. I thought that made him really well, popular with the fan base. Back in year one, you absolutely yeah. would have said Derek England, and then he scored right. the first goal in T-Mobile somehow. But yeah. since year two, I, I think it's pretty fair to say Ryan Reeves has surpassed Derek England in in uh, popularity. And maybe it's because he's still playing in England what you know basically right. wasn't a part of the lineup. England's the England's the coach of the Silver Knights, I think. Right. So I, I think it is Reeves. Like it, again, if you're naming the most popular players on the team, Marc Andre Fleury's number one. Is Ryan Reeves number two right now? Oh, that's a great. No, I think Stone is. Okay, so Stone would be two. I think Stone is. Yeah. Is Reeves I mean, you're ahead not, of Marcia Sower Carlson? Yeah. Or you're not I getting to. I think he is too. You're not getting. You're not getting the five. I mean, you're not getting past one hand before Ryan Reeves is in the discussion. So yeah. he could be. He could be three. Like I think. Yeah, I think people like Carlson and Marcheseau because of uh, Marchy Marchy. Uh, because you know they're good players, but um, in terms of popularity off the ice, I mean, and Reeves, you know, he's popular for a lot of reasons. Uh, he's building, you know, the facility for the Boys and Girls Club. He's done a lot of stuff in the community. So yeah, I think that makes him a really popular fan uh, person among fan base, and in that sense, for good reason. He does a lot of stuff in the community. Do you think that plays into the fact that he's still in the lineup and wouldn't be benched or even moved around? If you're telling me, and I think I believe this, but I'm not—I've never been 100% certain. If you're telling me Pete DeBoer is the only one to make those decisions then I would say popularity like you have, have you've um, level uh, put out there this morning mean nothing to him. Why he's staying in, I don't know, because you've explained hockey-wise there probably shouldn't be a reason. Pete DeBoer has not been a guy, like you said, who's gone with the popular route. And if he's the only one making those decisions and not people above him, then it surprises me a little. But, well, but I've also never been convinced he, he, he makes every decision by himself. Well, what's interesting on that is uh, George McPhee. Man, what sh- he went on a show or a podcast, and I can't remember who it was. Uh, sorry to steal this without credit. But George McPhee, he said last week that when Robin Leonard's back, he wants yeah. to see the rotation every other day. Yeah. Now, McPhee didn't say he was going to force him to play the goalies every other day. McPhee didn't say it was going to be a rotation every day. Right. He just said he would like to see it. So I have to imagine there's quite a lot of uh, conversation between Pete DeBoer and George McPhee as to who is in the lineup and who is not in the lineup. Yes. I mean, hell, I'm, to be honest with you, go back to Gerard Gallant when he, he gets fired. Do you remember the um, Max Pacioretty getting scratched situation? Oh, absolutely. Where I remember it was that. a, the, it was a the agent game. got involved. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. a road game. I yeah. can't remember where, but uh, yep. Dave Shane was there and he, you know, tweeted out during lines like, hey, yes. <laughs> Max Pacioretty's being scratched. And then. When Gerard Gallant talked after practice, he said he's not injured. And then a couple hours later, the Golden Knights put out like a press release that say, oh, he has a minor tweak and he's going to be right. out tonight because of injury. Right. It was like, that's not what Gerard Gallant said like three right. hours ago. So there was some lack of communication there. So I, I wonder if DeBoer's here and that, well, that's part of the deal, that DeBoer listens to McPhee more than the old coach did. I And here's the thing. I mean, with Pacioretty, I, they might have been scared of a meme because Alan Walsh is his agent too. <laughs> So they might have they might have been under they might have been afraid the first sword would have come before the second one. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, but that was a we I totally remember that situation where Gallant said one thing one more you know, and all of a sudden within an hour, you know, you've got the statement, you know, coming out about why he's scratched. Once Flurry and Pacioretty uh their contracts run out for Vegas, will they sign another Alan Walsh player? Oh, great question. I 
I'm assuming these are the only two. Look, I don't know everyone's agent. I just know those two are because he tweets about them all the time. I assume so because he doesn't tweet about anyone else on the night. So I'm assuming that he's those are his two clients on this team. But unless the guy's really, really good or there's another option, I don't know why you go down that road. So I know between Alan Walsh, his, uh, I think his two highest paid players, yeah, Marc-Andre Fleury yeah. and Max Pacioretty. Max he does have Jonathan Huberdeau, who's really good with Florida, Jonathan Truin, and he does have David Perron as well. But oh, okay. his best okay. or his two highest paid players, I should say, are Golden Knights. So I'm I'm, yeah. I'm curious how much they'd say, you know, you tweeted that meme with our yeah. coach's sword exactly. to the goalie's back. So yeah. we're not interested in whoever your free agent is. kind of funny. All right, coming up next, we will jump into the remix. Cassie Soto ruined the order of the show today. Unbelievable. But we'll jump back into what Mike Mayock had to say earlier this week, specifically about Jonathan April. This is the remix. He's got dancing feet with that lower body. It's unbelievable. Look at the body. Look at that bubble butt. All options are open would be the best way to say that. I think that we feel pretty good with where we're going right now, but yet we're, we're open to everything right now. The Las Vegas Journal Review. He's checking all the boxes, Michael. Yeah, he, he really is. Look at that big bubble butt. That's a, that's a power generator, those that thighs, quads, and the bubble butt. Offensive linemen love that. Feet. Huh. We're not going to be out there and be a bunch of renegades. They're going to be, you know, spearing people, and we're getting kicked out of the game. That's not what we're going to be about. But I didn't want – I want us to have some type of edge here of toughness. And it doesn't just mean this physical toughness. I'm talking about mental toughness, man. That's crafty wording right there. I give you credit. <laughs> just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Oh, back into the Raiders. Crafty wording from Ed Graney. Oh, the compliments from Mike Mayock. You're going to be working for Raiders.com soon, Ed. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> uh, am All I right. on? You're on. You're here. We hear you. You're not still <laughs> muted. Good to go. Um, so, one of the things that I want to talk about that was a little interesting from what Mike Mayock said earlier this week when he talked. It wasn't about Derek Carr or the offensive line that they appear to be blowing up. But, Mike Mayock, when talking about his defense basically said that they're going to need to find a free safety and that Jonathan Abram is well-suited for the strong safety role in Gus Bradley's defense. And it was basically an implicit, hey, Jonathan Abram is starting for this secondary next season. They're locking him in as a starter and looking to improve around him. Do you think Jonathan Abram should be locked in as a starter for next season? Uh, locked in? No, I don't think we've seen enough from him uh, to where it should be handed to him. I think, I think they want him to be that guy because I think with their dr- recent drafts, they certainly don't want you know yet another guy to where people can come at them and say why'd you take him and he's underperformed. But you know they said a lot last year uh, about undisciplined and he had to get better and the angles he took sometimes uh, to where it made you believe that they thought he had a grow a lot of growing to go. So. I'm surprised he'd be locked in with a new defensive coordinator. So, well, maybe he got in the lab and thought, I can work with this. I can work with the missed tackles. Um, But So what's interesting about Jonathan Abram? If you go by pro football focus, one of the lowest ranked safeties in the entire league last year, 
His coverage skills were not good. He has a very bad passer rating against when targeted. He missed a lot of tackles last year. Sony Michelle, I think, had two 100-yard games last year, and one of them was solely because Jonathan Abram could not tackle him. Uh, a lot of issues in pretty much every facet of the game, but he has that, same as Ryan Reeves, he has that intimidation factor that the Raiders seem to love and seem to value, when in reality he's hurting more of his own players than he is the other team. But the problem the Raiders find themselves in with Jonathan Abram is they almost need him to be a starter next year because you look at this roster and what have they had a lot of first round picks in the last few years six since John Gruden's been here Colton Miller has to be a starter at left tackle and the last year he was pretty solid as a starter at left tackle not great but solid you can count on that but they need they really need Cleveland Furl to be a good edge rusher he's never going to be a guy that sacks the quarterback but it would be so much nicer if he was and one of their biggest needs wasn't edge rusher they really need Henry Ruggs to be a good wide receiver in the NFL because you look at the roster they don't have one on the roster he might be the best one on the roster maybe it's Hunter Renfro right they don't have a true outside wide receiver and they might have to spend money in free agency to do that because they didn't hit on Henry Ruggs and the same goes for Jonathan Abram like the way you're building the roster when you get first round picks especially six of them over three years you don't need all six to hit but you need more than two and right now we're looking around saying like of all the rookies they all the first round picks they've had You can count on Colton Miller to be the starting left tackle, and you can count on Josh Jacobs to be the starting running back. I don't know that you can count on Henry Ruggs to be the number one receiver, or Jonathan Abram to be a strong safety, or Cleveland Furl to be your top edge rusher. And that's the problem the Raiders find themselves in, where you look at Abram's season last year, and there's no reason he should be locked in as a starter. He was bad. But they need it, because they've got to fix a bunch of other holes, and they thought they fixed that one when they drafted him. So it's almost like they have to give him the starting spot and just hope he gets better. Yeah, I mean, I think they're, and, and the other thing to this is, and I was talking, we were talking about it yesterday, I was talking to Adam also about it, the quote, I think you had the quote from Josiah Anderson where they have a, uh, it was either head coach and assistant saying, once the league opens, it's either going to be, it might have been a bloodbath or Madison, and Mayock talked about this as well, he might be locked in right now, but I think what's going to happen a lot of ways because of the cap, and Mayock, you know, alluded to this, you might not be signing guys the first day, but a month down the road where a guy's not going to get the contract he thought he is, maybe Abram's not locked in because you can get a veteran who's much better at a cheaper rate than you thought. And right. that's, I think that's going to happen a lot where they don't do something early, but all of a sudden three, four weeks in, that guy hasn't, the market hasn't been what he thought. It's like, yeah, I'll go to the Raiders and all of a sudden Jonathan Abram won't be locked in anymore. Right, and that's that's probably their best case scenario is to bring in a cheap veteran that obviously yeah. if he's cheap, he's not going to be you know some superstar, but bring in a cheap veteran. And even if you say Jonathan Abram's still the starter, at least have somebody that you have a little bit of confidence can come in and play that position if Abram is bad again this right. season. But I, I, I did want to ask you that because the way Mike Mayock talked about you know signing guys a couple weeks later when everything has calmed down, do you think they're going to make big splashes with some of the higher name free agents or do you think their strategy is going to be to wait it out and try to get a good value for guys on cheap contracts listening to him i think he's going to wait it out i i still think look i still think the really really top guys whether it's wide receiver i still think they're going to make their money i think the the problem is going to be like the second level guys who think they're worth so much you know guy got released the other day like what's golden tate now worth you know he's not He's not obviously one of the top two or three guys out there. He's probably not as worth as much as he thinks he is when the market hits. So I got the feeling from Mayock, they're going to have more patience and try to get guys on the cheap because they have so many holes to fill. They, I mean, there's not just one or two holes this team needs on defense. 
that instead of just saying, hey, on the first day, yeah, we're going to give you, you know, $18 million a year and, you know, we're going to blow a bunch of our money. I don't think they're going to do that. I think he has an idea that there's going to be, like you said, more veterans that he might be able to poach in the end for less money than these guys probably go into the market thinking they're going to get. And that is a a very smart thing to do if you're pretty much any front office. I'm curious how many front offices do that and how far the price gets driven down on yeah. somebody like a Golden Tate or if it's Nelson Aguilar that isn't signed for two weeks and he says, all right, I'll come back to Vegas for $4 million right. or whatever it is. That's a smart thing to do. I think my only issue with that is if I told you the Raiders did not make a big splash in free agency, they didn't sign uh, a big-time wide receiver or a big-time edge rusher or whatever, if I told you almost all their deals were $6 million or less and they signed the guys two or three weeks after free agency opened on cheap deals, do you think the team is much better next year? Much, I don't know, but I still think they'd be better because they're so bad defensively. I mean, <laughs> I don't. I mean, I don't know how they can't get better. I mean, are they really going to make that many mistakes with veterans who, you know, maybe like you say, quote unquote, come on the cheap because the cap is what it is and people just can't afford these guys? I mean, that's how bad defensively. I mean, you've given out the numbers a lot. They're so bad defensively, it's almost impossible to think they're getting worse. I mean, by adding, you know, most anyone at this point. So. I think they can be better by adding veterans cheaply instead of just making the big splash. Like, look, we both think they should have, if they could have gotten J.J. Watt, you get J.J. Watt. That's the person I'm talking about. Like, there's going to be guys who get that kind of money, the very, very top guys. Um, Alvin Robinson, you know, there's going to be guys at certain positions like, that guy's getting paid. But the rest of them, I still think they can improve themselves by not going for, hey, we're going to just pay one guy a ton of money. Right, and and I think you can upgrade the talent. My Again, yeah. my problem is, with the roster, and I've said this plenty of times, how many guys on this roster, offense and defense, can you say will be a top five player at their position next season? Darren Waller obviously sticks out. Rodney Hudson might be that guy. Uh, Josh Jacobs wasn't this year, but if he has a great season, maybe him. Outside of that, they don't really have other players on this roster that you could no. even argue would be top five at their position. Hell, a lot of them, you couldn't even argue they'd be top 10, top 10. at their position on the defensive side. And that to me is where the issue is on the defense because they brought in Corey Littleton last year, who was a a very good player for the Rams, but Corey Littleton played with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. And one of the best defenses in football, one of the most talented defenses in football, he came to the Raiders and all of a sudden he's the most talented guy on the defense. And there, you know, we've heard a couple of times about how they asked him to do a lot more than he ever did in LA. So coaching maybe is an issue. And if it's simplified for him this year, he might be a lot better. But I think that's the issue is, okay, you can bring in these guys and you should bring in some guys on a $4 million, $5 million deal to come play defensive tackle, defensive end, safety corner, whatever it is. But I think at the end of the day, unless they have a couple of guys that you could argue are top 10 at their position, they're not going to improve enough on that side of the ball because we just saw it happen to Corey Littleton and how yeah. much worse a guy is when you're not playing with Aaron Donald. No, and and he's he's the absolute perfect example. Um, so, you know, I'm trying to think beyond Waller. You're right. I mean, when you have two guys that can stand out, and, you know, look, I think Rodney Hudson is too. Uh, he, he's terrific and one of the best centers in football. There's just not, I mean, cars borderline top 10. They just don't have that kind of talent. Um, I mean, we're going to get down to the Daniel Carlsons. Uh, I know <laughs> Alec Ingold. I know how much, I Alec Ingold is a top five well, fullback. There's yes. no, he's, he actually yes. is. He's one of the five okay. most used. He's yes. absolutely a top yes. five fullback. He is a top five fullback. <laughs> he's number five in a league that has three fullbacks. But, um, no, 
I mean, I think I hope they learned. It's hard because you, like you just said, it's you want them to say, "Hey, we learned a lesson with Littleton, and we learned a lesson giving a ton of money." But it's enticing, man. These guys, they always think they're going to make the difference in guys. They always think like they're the right spot. So if you're telling me they're going to overpay again and make a mistake, like they wouldn't be the only team to do that. Like you always think your situation's the best. If I was them, I'd do exactly what you would say, and I would play patience because I think this cap is going to leave a lot of guys out there who would be upgrades, maybe not the best in their position or top five, but would certainly be upgrades from what they have. And I think if you be patient, you might be able to get some of those guys. Last season, Pro Football Focus graded 12 fullbacks. Oh. Only 12. So 12 Hold teams on. used are the you, fullback enough. Are you going to ask me guess? what Engold ranked? Yeah, do you want to guess where he was okay. ranked out of the 12? You, okay, do you have him on? You know the you know the ranking? Yes, I know exactly where he ranks. Oh, he's such a good quote. I'm going to say... <laughs> I don't think that uh, goes into the PFF. No, I, think, I think PF... Well, what else are you going to rank fullbacks on? They're barely used. you got to get the quotes in there as well. That's part of the ranking. I'm going to say... He didn't really do, you know, got Waller, you got guys doing other things. I'll say, I'll give him an, I'll make him an average uh, six. Oh, you are underselling Alec Ingle. Oh. Alec Ingle graded out as the third best fullback oh. in football last season. Okay, so there's another top five player. There he is. Yeah. Alec Ingle is going to lead him to glory. Also, yes. looking looking at this, uh, he is the youngest fullback in the NFL, or was last year, of these 12 oh. that got used. These guys are Keith Smith and Kyle Juszczyk were one and two. They're both like 29 years old. Ingold's a young fullback. They got plenty of more years of Alec Ingold being a top three fullback. How fast can your fingers work to get what the kickers were ranked? Oh, do they rank kickers? They're ranking fullbacks. I hope they're ranking kickers. Uh, No, when you pull up kickers. Darn uh, it. Sorry, there are no rows here. So no, kickers did not get ranked. Okay, so we know they have three top five players, tight end, fullback, and center. <laughs> and we're, we're going to give Carlson the benefit of the doubt and say he might be top five as well. Is that just because he kicks a bunch of short field goals? Yeah, I mean, he never misses from 28, so he's got to be top five. <laughs> I do have bad news. Rodney Hudson checked in at eight this last season. There's seven better centers than that guy? Should we give him a bump and say he'll be top five this year for sure? Yeah, he's really okay. good. Okay, he's good. move him up. Move him up. I mean, we're... Yeah. You know, you're splitting hairs here. His grade was like a 74, sure. and the guy ahead of him is a 75. So yeah. it's not like there's a massive drop-off between Hudson no. and the top top four no. or five there. So those are their best players, and I, I don't think you're going to win much if you only have a center, tight end, and fullback that you can say are top five players in the NFL. Those are not, those are not the premium positions of the sport of football. All right, coming up next, it's the dessert menu. You'll find out when I do what's in it. Let's end the show with something sweet. This is the Dessert Menu, brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union, prioritizing people over profit. The Milwaukee Bucks have a hand sanitizer cam. This has been the Dessert Menu, brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union. Become a member today at SilverStateCU.com. So we're going to do some imagining here, because uh, with fans back at games, you can't really do a kiss cam. During a pandemic. I mean, granted, you came with somebody you're close to, maybe it's okay, but you probably shouldn't be promoting kissing during a pandemic. So, there's not kiss cams anymore. The Bucks came up with an alternative, and it is the hand sanitizer cam. And here's what you need to imagine. Two people are put up on the screen, just like it was the kiss cam, but instead of being encouraged to kiss, 
There is a giant bottle of hand sanitizer on the right of the screen that is constantly being pushed down, and white hand sanitizer <laughs> is shooting across the screen onto the people in the audience. Yep. It was str- it was weird. Uh, this is a weird thing, and let's 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 put it out there. It doesn't always hit their hands. Yeah, sometimes. So, uh, yeah, it's like it's uh, it, it says hand sanitizer, but it's hitting a lot of other places. I. I have a story that I don't know if it's radio appropriate, but well, well I heard this show, 52, so, so let's do it. Okay, <laughs> so uh, I used to work at a retail store, and we had a Chili's in our parking lot, and uh, the manager of the retail store would like to purchase some um, medicinal use things from a cook at the Chili's and one time we walk <laughs> into the back of the Chili's and he has about nine salads set up with a bottle of ranch dressing and he just starts screaming get it all over my face while th- throwing ranch dressing around the back of the Chili's wait what? what what this is the this is the owner no this is just a random cook that my manager would purchase medicinal goods from what was he doing with the ranch? He was spraying it all over these salads, screaming, get it all over my face. Is this one of those situations where afterwards we felt bad about naming the establishment? Uh, <laughs> okay, I should have gone with the restaurant. You're probably right. But anyway, yeah, it was definitely one of those. I walked in, saw this, and it's been in my memory ever since of a grown man with a bottle of ranch between his legs. <laughs> oh, jumping, that. Just, jumping up and down uh, in the back of a kitchen uh, at 1001 jared this is the sales department chili's called and it's off <laughs> hey i've eaten out of chili since it didn't put me off was, chilies it put me off that chilies was was this guy like so bored making salads that he was trying to spice up his uh cooking life well i think that he also partook in medicinal products and Man. that's how he entertained himself while making why did nine you, salads. Why did you say this? I always ask for the ranch with the fries. Now that can't happen, and you've, you've screwed the whole thing up, man. Oh, oh, still, it's still ranch, Ed. It's still ranch. Just, all it's I'm just... saying is that watching this hand sanitizer cam, the first thing that popped in my head was a grown oh. man jumping up and down going, get it all over oh. my face. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Get the delay ready. Oh. <laughs> Jeez. I just assume we're already off the air, Ed. I yeah, exactly. Is- hello? Hello? <laughs> See, I've got evidence where if they come at me and get mad, I'm like, I don't know. My ne- my thing never works. I didn't think I was talking to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I wasn't on the air. All right. Uh, so that was a look into Jared's past. Um, <laughs> I don't know that we should ever do that again. We do it about once uh, a week, and every time there's always more questions than answers. Yes, oh. it's a little horrifying. Yeah, was it yesterday yeah. you yelled at me that you were just a tailor's assistant and not a full-blown tailor? That was Wednesday, I believe. Oh, oh no, wait, wait, so no, just, no, you're right. That was when we talked to Milzy. I go. just yeah. thought we were going to be normal and talk about maps and like, uh, like uh, the how you get to places. Well, Ed, how did uh, you use transition back in the day? So, <laughs> I told I told Tyler because you know we wanted someone's phone number for the rundown, and Tyler asked me. When I was in another part of the house, so I couldn't hear or talk to him, but I did hear, you know, do you remember a time when you actually remembered phone numbers? And we both agreed, no, I don't, I don't barely know my own number, never mind anyone else's, because I just go on my iPhone now and you go to contacts, right? Same with the maps. I'm, I, I'm telling you, I mean, Clay used to give me such a hard time. 
if you told me I'll meet you at this place in, in Vegas and it's not the RJ, Thomas and Mac, or my gym, no chance without the maps. Zero. <laughs> I, if you, I'm serious. There's three places. I get to Thomas and Mac. Well, T-Mobile, T-Mobile. Okay, so where I work. Like four or five places, if it's not there, no chance until I call up maps and it says, search for a place or address. And then I type in the name and it tells me how to get there. But what did you do before? Because even I, I drove before an iPhone told me where to turn every two seconds. No. What did you do before? I literally, no joke, got out my reporter's notebook and had the person explain to me where to take a left and a right. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right. if you gave me a real map, like back in the day, if someone, you, you said your parents gave you an almanac. When I got maps, like I laughed and saw all the lines and stuff. I'm like, no chance. Just get this out of I have no chance of reading that. Like in school, when we had to read maps, F easy. It would have been, the grade would have been an F minus fail. Okay. I mean, I had no chance of reading a map. Ed, Zero. I have to ask you a question now because I obviously, in parts of rural Missouri, when you gave people <laughs> directions, you go, all right, so then you're going to drive past the dead possum and then you yes. take a left. Yes. And then I, would have, like, I would have made it there for that instead of reading a map. Okay. <laughs> no. And here's the other thing. On the maps, on the thing, it, no chance if my voice thing isn't working. Like, I can't look at it and find it. It has to say, take a right. You need it to up. talk to you? You can't yes. just look down? No. Oh, it, Ed. It has to talk to me. If it talks to me, I'm good. You I even get it from driving out of my own neighborhood. Like, take a left. I'm like, oh, I can do that. I can get out of my neighborhood. I can get out of my neighborhood. You've been driving for how long and you can't do it without somebody no. telling you where to go? Yeah, and my wife, you know, my wife makes, because I'm a, you know, my driver, I got to do the hands-free, and it talks to me the whole way. <laughs> well, it's a good thing I doesn't have to go to work anymore, because he might get lost in his own neighborhood. Listen Saturday at 445 as Belmont looks to take their 18th Ohio Valley Conference Championship. The road to the tournament runs through ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. Brought to you by the Southern Nevada Chevrolet Dealers. The puck has dropped. It's the inaugural season for your Henderson Silver Knights. And you can catch all of the action on 1230 The Game. Brought to you by the Ruiz Law Firm. If you're in an accident, visit lmruizlaw.com. Consultations are free. Calling all Vegas Golden Knights super fans for the Terribles Game Day Giveaway. During all of Vegas Golden Knights home games, visit any participating Terribles location, spin the wheel, and you could win a Vegas Golden Knights game day prize pack worth over $1,000, complete with an official puck signed by a Vegas Golden Knights player. Best yet, one lucky customer will win this prize every day the Vegas Golden Knights have a home game. Terribles game day giveaway. It's only at Terribles. Visit TerribleHerbs.com for more information. The puck has dropped. It's the inaugural season for your Henderson Silver Knights. And you can catch all of the action on 1230 The Game. Brought to you by the Ruiz Law Firm. If you're in an accident, visit lmruizlaw.com. Consultations are free. When it comes to dependability in car batteries, no one beats Interstate Batteries. Interstate Batteries has been providing outrageously dependable starting power for over 65 years. With over 200,000 dealers nationwide, there's one near you. Just click on Interstate Batteries. 